Hello, 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 and welcome into episode eight of the Bear Claw Media Podcast. I am Chris Bolin and joined by Ben Schleiger, as I always am. How you doing, Ben? Oh, pretty good. I mean, we didn't have a Bears loss to talk about this week, so uh saved me a little heartache. Yeah, you know, like without that Bears loss, I uh I don't think I can think of one single noteworthy event that happened over the weekend. Uh do you do you have anything, Ben? Well, uh, yeah, we actually do have a little bit of news in our neck of the woods is uh, we'll be expecting a little Henry Thomas uh, March 24. Hell yeah, dude, that's so exciting. I'm so happy for you and Mariah. Was was boy what you were looking for? Like, I'm sure, you know, love it, love it either way, but deep down. Uh, honestly, we were good either way. I mean, first one, no pressure because you're going to get what you're going to get. So we're just happy. It's a healthy baby. But, you know, always kind of uh, love that that storybook, you know, older brother protector type deal. So we'll see. E- either way, we're happy. And, you know, I'm sure this won't be our last. <laughs> Dude, I'm so happy for you. That's that's awesome. Like, congratulations. Seriously. Thank you, thank you. And then uh, also noteworthy this week is the wife's birthday. <clears throat> happy birthday, wifey. And also uh, happy birthday, Jack. Um, his was on the 5th. And then uh, we got a big, big birthday. Mama Schleiger has Ooh. her birthday this Thursday. So happy birthday, Mom. Oh, nice. Where are you guys doing anything fun? Oh, you're yeah. out of town, aren't you? Well, I'll be in Casper on Thursday for the, the usual grind for work. But uh yeah, other than that, we'll be celebrating at the the Bears game, hopefully. Oh, nice. Um, we'll we'll see if we can get a, a win for Mama Schleiger. We'll see. We'll celebrating maybe the the word that's up in the air. Right. Um. But yeah, without uh, without a UNC game, that uh, kind of frees us up to talk about uh, the rest of the Big Sky. Some teams that the rest of the country are probably more interested in. Um. But even then, with that bye, it was a pretty uh, is a pretty light week in the Big Sky. Just three games, um, three road winners, which I guess wasn't necessarily that that terribly surprising. But thought it was noteworthy. Um, I guess unless you want to start somewhere else, Montana thirty one over UC Davis twenty three. I said that about as poorly as I could. Montana won thirty one to twenty three over UC Davis. Go Ben, please save me. You know, we love to dog on Montana, um, but we also know UC Davis is a roller coaster. And as much as Montana's been getting hate in the top 25 polls around the country for getting slot voted and whatnot, at the end of the day, they're 5-1 and one now. So, I mean, you, you can't hate that. Um, some of those wins might have been pretty sketchy, but at the end of the day, the Grizz... I don't even know if they're turning around necessarily because again, like beating a roller coaster team only by eight, like not necessarily uh, a barn burner. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I don't believe in that Montana uh, offense quite yet, but I think switching over to Clifton McDowell, um, that might give them a little bit more emphasis on their offense because their offense has just been atrocious, especially at home. So kind of a road game might have been what they needed to kind of flip things around. You know, McDowell had 292 yards of total offense, uh, three touchdowns, 243 of it was passing, 49 on the ground. It You know, that reporter got 
just roasted by uh, Bowie Hauk um, for his, you know, asking if Vidlac was going to be the, the answer or whatnot. And, um, you know, he, he better go say sorry to that guy because putting McDowell in, I mean, it just makes sense at this point. Yeah, if you if you just treat a question just that as like stupid as how treated that question, I feel like you have to stay with the starter for at least like a full half, you know. <laughs> but um, it seems like they trust McDowell a lot more. Whether whether him or Vidlak's the more talented guy, it seems it seems like they're they're willing to open the offense up a little more with McDowell under center. Um. But I think this one probably inspired a little bit more confidence in Montana for me than it than it did for you. It sounds like I still don't really know what to think. I've like you said, UC Davis has been a roller coaster, and my opinion of them has also been a roller coaster. I was kind of low on them when the season started, and then uh, there was a chunk of time where I thought they were probably the third best team in the conference, and then with the last few weeks, they've just they've looked like they're going to finish about 500 in the big sky. Um, and that's kind of where I think I had Montana too. So I guess this, this result makes sense. And maybe I'm talking myself out of my Montana belief as we go. Um, but I mean, it's a good win. Nonetheless, um, get the Grizzlies back on track, uh, maybe quiet the fan base a little bit, but you're right. They're five and one and it, it does not feel like that. It feels like, and like it, it feels burning. like every every stretch of the way, there's a little something somewhere that like kind of gives them a pass. Like this week, you know, uh, UC Davis. I I'm not even sure how many running backs are actually healthy on their roster, um, but obviously, uh, Land Larison wasn't available for this game. Um, not sure on the the uh, status of his injury. I think Tubbs at the club might have a little bit of a lead on that. But yeah, it's. I don't think it was a. It w- I don't think it was a fair performance from UC Davis, even though they are a roller coaster and they stay true to their nature by that, by having uh, just a weird amount of running back injuries in the last couple of weeks is, you know, this might've been different if Land Larison is out there. Um, so again, Montana survives and at the end of the day, they have only lost once. So, you know, n- numbers don't lie, but they don't look great either. <laughs> Um, I guess one last thing, Miles Hastings for you, Hastings for UC Davis. Um, with without a running back, he kind of needed to step up, and he did just about all he could. Uh, Thirty-one for forty-six, three hundred fifty-nine yards, and a pair of touchdowns. Um, just wasn't wasn't quite enough for the Aggies. Um, then I guess this one didn't feel that surprising to me. Maybe maybe the the score differential, but the result wasn't super surprising but kind of based on on where these teams were were projected it it was um northern arizona went into ogden and just took it to weber state 27 10 um so ben are weber state frauds i guess like what i don't know where else to where else to go from that and i guess by frauds are they another 500 team in the big sky i mean everybody was giving montana guff but montana's still winning uh, Weber's not getting nearly as much guff and they're losing and almost lost to us. So it was an ugly game. I mean, uh, not exactly a, a winner, uh, a winning performance from either quarterback, uh, especially Weisler. Like 
not exciting at all. 19 for 30 for 119, uh, no touchdowns and two interceptions, uh, sacked three times. Like, that's not great. Um, Adam, De- Adam DeMonte didn't do much better, but at least he got a touchdown and one less pick. Like, it's just weird. Like, Weber State should be good. They have the ability to be good. Um, but they were able to limit Chris Jackson. That's something that we couldn't do. And um, Damon Bankston, you know, the the big-time running back for them, he didn't even participate in this game. So running backs are going down in a hurry across the big sky. So if you're a running back and you want to go for uh, running back of the year in big sky, uh, your competition just – your your window just widened. Uh, yeah, just by playing all the games. Um, Chris Jackson having a down game, Bankston not playing – Larison not even in in the UC Davis game, um, not even half the running backs available for UC Davis. Yeah, this is a good time for somebody to break out. Um, but yeah, this was just an ugly game. And I guess so. On the flip side of of is Weber for our Weber frauds is how good is this Northern Arizona team? Because um, we, along with many others, got some good laughs off on their account after that Utah Tech game. Um, it, it really felt like this was a year, like that was one of the teams that was beatable for UNC, even when like with where they're at. Uh, but I mean, ever since big sky conference stuck play started, Northern Arizona flipped a switch. They, uh, who they beat Montana. Then they just lost by one to Sac state last week and then put it on Weber state. Um, I, I was, tr- I was going to get a little spicy and see if any of you had a chance at making the playoffs, which they probably still do. But when I kind of got into their schedule, um, they host Portland state and host UC Davis. Um, both, both those are winnable. Then they're at Montana state, which is probably a loss. And then host uh, UNC and Eastern Washington down the stretch. Again, both of those are winnable. Um, so if they finish four and one, three and two for the rest of the way, they'll be, they'll be around 500, but there's a chance they finish six and two in the big sky, which I guess there was, what was there one? Was it the coaches poll where NAU got one receiving votes preseason? I think, I think we need to apologize to that guy. Whoever, whoever voted that. I'm I'm sorry. I was making fun of you. Yeah. I I was going to say, looking at the schedule, Portland state, UC Davis, uh, according to what they've done so far this season, like those are winnable. Montana State in Bozeman, I, I think we have to guarantee that a loss, like unless these guys come out and try to do some Case Cookus hero type stuff. I, I don't see it. Um, versus us, I, I'd love to say that we're going to win that game. I know rubber stamped it. Um, we're, we just got to win a game first before we can get back on that rubber stamp. And uh, at Eastern Washington, definitely a tough team in Cheney. Weird atmosphere, last game of the season, senior day for them. That's a tough one, too. Um, it feels, it and... feels like that Eastern Washington game and um, maybe UC Davis are realistically, like, I feel like you hope to split those two. Because those are, I feel like both of those are probably toss-ups. I mean, with how UC Davis has looked, I mean, without half their running back room, um that one, see, I would, I'm sure Northern Arizona would be favored in that one, but 
that's kind of where between that and the uh, Eastern Washington game, that's where I, I feel like that second loss may come in. Yeah, and I, I hate to say it, but the the one point loss at Sac State that might be the deciding factor whether or not they got into the playoffs this year. Because if they run the the rest of their their table and only lose to Montana State, um, if they had won either Sacramento State or North North Dakota, I think they're probably one of the last four in the bracket. At this point, with them having those losses, and unless they do some hero stuff and beat Montana State and Eastern Washington, um, I think they're going to be first four looking in. So they're going to be just on the outside of it. All right. Well, I guess that moves us to the last game of the week, which was Idaho at Cal Poly. Um, Idaho took care of business 42-14. Is 28-7 at halftime. Um, not really competitive. I think this is kind of the result just about every everyone expected. Um, at least I know I did. What any any thoughts on this one, Ben? Yeah, I mean, just kind of a tame game. Um, Hayden Hatton had a sick uh, trick play where he threw himself a touch threw a, a touchdown for himself. Um, yeah, th- this was a just another good showing from Idaho. Uh, I think that's why. It's the Big Sky's favorite vegetable. <laughs> yeah, um, I think Idaho at this point, they kind of already did with their win over Sac State, but they've they've securely got themselves as the number two team in, uh, in the Big Sky, consensus-wise, um, which I guess moves us, moves us into our weekly power rankings. Um, I, we were talking earlier, and I thought we had the exact same which is kind of wild because we've been pretty pretty different throughout the year. But I forgot you still have Idaho over Montana State in that number one slot, um, which I, it makes sense. Idaho hasn't done a single thing to like warrant losing that spot. Um, but other than that, yeah, we, we see it pretty similar. We got Sac State 3, Eastern Washington 4, um, Northern Arizona they moved up three spots to number five in yours. They, uh, it was just one spot in mine. Um, the Montana UC Davis, uh, we both have Weber State at, at eight, which is kind of the last of the like teams that are supposed to be competitive this year. I think that's kind of where where they've proven themselves. And then we, you finally, you finally see it my way at the very bottom with Portland State <laughs> nine, Idaho State ten. UNC 11 and Cal Poly bringing up the rear. Um, where do you, uh, just out of that, where you, where do you want to start? Well, first of all, even though I might have been more wrong on the pickums, uh, you're wrong on the power rankings because Idaho played and Montana State didn't. So it should be the same. Um, but Fair. regardless of that, like, yeah, we're, we're pretty lined up with everything at this point. You know, even with my uh, coffee creamer type poll, it's uh it's it's a consensus like uh there's a great hype video out of uh Wyoming Cowboys uh that uh beat Fresno State this this weekend which is great game if anybody needs to see a, a butt whooping um but they uh they have a, a cool tagline and it's like it was always the pokes and it's like the bottom four right here it was always the bottom like <laughs> it was always going to be Portland State Idaho State UNC Cal Poly uh, we knew that from the beginning. Weber State keeping us company um, is just kind of sympathetic from that awful game we saw 
two weeks ago. Um, but yeah, it's this is kind of how it's shaken up. Um, Eastern's kind of taken that spot where we thought Weber might be. Northern Arizona and, and Montana are kind of like got some weird opposite vibes, like like uh, opposite magnets not attracting. Um, it's just kind of like weird vibe there. And then UC Davis, like, unfortunately, they kind of fell because of health reasons. So I think it's uh, it's weird, but the shape of the big sky um, is kind of taken taken shape. Yeah, and I think we uh, I think what kind of surprised me the most is that I feel like we we kind of look at these things pretty differently in how we approach it, and we still kind of came to the same conclusion. Um, which I like, probably just speaks to the fact that the, the big sky is kind of shaking itself out, uh, as the year, kind of like we were expecting as the year went on. Um, not to say there aren't going to be some, some interesting results moving forward, but it, it feels like it held, I guess for lack of a better term, it held kind of pat this week or it stayed pat. Um, there is nobody changed my mind too, too terribly. I think Northern Arizona over Weber confirmed what I was starting to believe it like made me trust it a little more. Um, but other than that, I think, uh, I, I think I'm starting to fi- finally get a comfortable grasp on, on where I feel like these teams are surely just in time for something to happen to completely turn it on its head. Oh yeah. These, these next couple of weeks will definitely be spicy for sure. Um, it'll definitely separate the boys from the men per se. Uh, but yeah, I, I think even though I have Idaho different, than you do. Um, I think we're pretty consensus on the fact that it's one A and one B. Um, it's just who we give that that you know point oh one to. Because like yeah. Idaho, like I think their offense is a bit more explosive. I think they have more options in case somebody gets hurt. But at the end of the day, I believe in Montana State's offense more as long as Sean Chambers stays healthy. Yeah, and I mean, luckily we only have I think two weeks. They play. Uh or I guess three weeks, because they play Montana, then they have a uh, a bye, and then Idaho plays Montana State. Um, so October 28th, I'm all, I'll be looking forward to that one. Uh, I think the Bears are on the road, too, so so we won't have to worry about trying to score watch on our phones. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, Cal Poly still squarely at the bottom. UNC hasn't done anything. Idaho State, it's tough. It's tough to move too much stuff around with the uh, with so many teams being on a buy. Were Were there any other big big takeaways? You uh, big sky wise, anything that stood out to you? Kind of any of these teams you want to talk about a little more before we move on? I think it's pretty interesting that it's unfair how easily Eastern Washington just reloads at quarterback. Um, <laughs> they they just. You know, even though Kiko Vesperas isn't a world beater, uh, he's still out here doing great things. Um, and they've squarely put themselves in a conversation for spoiler and whatnot. Um, we'll take a look at their their playoff potential and whatnot later after this week. Because, um, you know, you got to get past those pesky Cody Hawken bangles. But, yeah, I mean, the next two weeks are going to shape up as, like, uh, Idaho's going to get a marquee game against Montana, um, and then the next weekend, uh, Montana State's going to get a, a marquee game against Sac State, and we're going to see a clear division, uh, a clear decider between who's uh, 
who's running for the the championship first on the 28th when those two meet so that'll kind of be the 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 main event of the whole big sky season right there at least that's how it's shaping up to be so we'll see what happens but yeah i think it's montana state and idaho's uh conference to lose and everybody else is just fighting for playoff position at this point yeah i really can't disagree with anything you said there normally i feel like normally that montana montana state game is kind of kind of the the main event for the big sky season but it, it seems like it's happening about a month early this year yeah and, i mean in, uh, to, in to, to no uh to no disrespect to that that'll still be a roadblock but i don't i don't know you know the way montana's playing sure they have wins but they're not playing like they're uh uh that's more of like a like a sorry names escaping me uh i I feel like it's it's safe to say montana and montana state are squarely on different levels this season oh all right well uh let's move kind of expand our view here uh to the greater fcs uh ben we nailed it with our game of the week and and more accurately I nailed it because I was right. But Western Carolina and Chattanooga put on just a great, a great game. 52-50, Western Carolina coming out ahead. Just potentially the best game we've seen in the FCS this season. Uh, Chattanooga, they scored 53 seconds left, convert the two-point conversion, take a a one-point lead, uh, 50-49. And uh, Western Carolina just down the field three plays 60 yards kicked the field goal simple as that uh made it look a lot easier than i'm sure it was uh yeah that was it was the highest scoring game the the highest scoring non-ot fcs game this year um and second overall to that what was it uh towson beat uh, new hampshire 54 51 earlier this year um but that one took an overtime to get get that many points uh I've been rambling for a while, Ben. What do you What do you have to say about this one? Oh man, this this one was a heartbreaker. I felt bad for Chattanooga. Um, they're not my team, but they they were the team I picked. And oof, you know the they just scored with a little too much time on the clock. Uh, they went bold. They didn't they didn't want to play overtime. They wanted to take the game and go home with it. And Western Carolina just wasn't having that. Those three plays <laughs> just broke them down. Um, little chip shot to win it. It's it's one of the better games I think the FCS has been treated to since uh, the four or five over, overtime between uh, Kennesaw State and Jacksonville State when they were both both here. So I think that's one of the the more explosive big time scoring games that we've been treated to. And uh, yeah, it's it's just a bummer it had to happen on Chattanooga's homecoming. I know. Imagine just the like. From here to here, that those fans went on in that last fifty seconds. It must have been. I'm like that was the, that was like us losing to Weber. Like we honestly, were on top of the world, and then we're like exhausted, just wanting to go home and go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, can I just lay down? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, other than that, Youngstown State, Southern Illinois, I would say was was probably the most surprising result. Uh, Youngstown State just absolutely put it on them. Yeah, that was a shellacking we were not ready for. Um, <clears throat> that's going to be one of those games we're going to have to go back and check the film on. Uh, obviously, we're a little busy this weekend, but yeah, that's 
for a, a top five team to get smashed like that is that's upsetting. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there was another top team that did pretty well against FBS is uh, Virginia. <clears throat> they took down William and Mary twenty seven to thirteen. But I mean, as far as things go, that's pretty respectable. William and Mary's offense has had some some troubles, some woes the last couple weeks. Um, Virginia's not exciting to any degree, but hey, that's pretty good to to put on them. Um, we were hoping for a win though, so maybe a little disappointment, but still a good performance. And then uh, NC Central, they've just been on a terror this season. Uh, usually kind of just one of those teams, just kind of middle of the pack and whatnot. And they came out and put a two-score game on Elon. Um, that's pretty impressive. It's, you know, you don't usually see um, HBCU teams climbing the poles very easily, but they're climbing very easily. Um, FAMU's getting a little bit of love in the 20s range, so... Yeah, NC Central's killing it. Sweet. Well, is there any uh, any other big takeaways we missed um, from this last week before we uh, before we get back into the weeds and talk about UNC Sac State next week? Uh, I, I think uh, Western Carolina and Chattanooga that was that was the marquee of the week for sure. Um, you know, everybody was toting up as one versus two, four and one versus four and one, and it lived up to every second of it. Well said. Um, So yeah, let's take a quick break and we will be right back. All right. So Sac State coming to town. Uh, It's UNC's homecoming. Um, Unfortunately, we didn't have a there wasn't a great game to pick early in the season. Most of uh, UNC's early home games are against pretty pretty stiff competition. Um, and Sac State, they're, they've been what we kind of expected them to be. They maybe took a, a bit of a step down from last year um, with Coach going to, to Stanford. You kind of expect the guy who – if the guy who builds it isn't there anymore, it's natural to – to kind of take a step back, but they're still humming. They uh, probably, I'd say, consensus third best team in the conference. Um, barely got by NAU, but that seems to be that seems to be uh, pretty impressive with how NAU's been playing. Um, what is, what are your overall thoughts on Sac State, Ben? Any any big like what what comes to mind? I mean, you you know already uh, what my opinion is of this being homecoming. Um, Darren Dunn, what are you doing, brother? Um, yeah, I, I know. There's sometimes you just got to bite the bullet. Uh, homecoming can't be the greatest, uh, the greatest show that you can put on the whole year. Um, but this this is a rough one. I mean, uh, they beat Stanford. Um, they hung close with Idaho. And they toughed it out against NEU that's kind of a psycho team this year. So, I mean, their one loss is to uh, technically number seven at the time on their, our, you know, our uh, one or two team in the entire conference. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be ugly and greely. Um, I, I don't know what to say about it other than uh, we love our bears, but please don't hurt our bears. Yeah, so um, 
I had kind of thought, I was like, I wonder when was the last time UNC won a homecoming game? And I expected to kind of have to to look back. No, they beat uh, they beat Idaho State last year. Um, took care of business, um, but before that, it had been it had been a minute. You have to go all the way back to 2016 when they beat Sac State. Um, that was it. Feels like a lot of the last time UNC beat this team has come 2015 or 2016. Um, but doesn't mean anything. But maybe you know. Yeah, I mean, 2015, 2016, that's definitely our benchmarks, you know, of the D, of the D2 days, uh, 96, 97, um, 98. Those were our benchmarks. And, you know, to 2015, you know, 10 years on that is coming up. So, you know, it's it's about it's it's long overdue that we get back to that that winning ways. Um, only two wins over Sac State, like comparatively how we do versus the rest of the conference. That's not bad. Obviously <laughs> two and 14 is awful. So not, <laughs> not the best. Um, and I don't think it's going to be different this year. It's just, you know, it, it's a bummer that for UNC's 100th homecoming celebration, not 100th homecoming game, but our 100th homecoming as a university, uh, just gonna a bummer that the, the football game is going to be uh, more so of a novelty. What a good, what a good little nugget! I had no idea that this was UNC's hundredth homecoming. Well, I'm I'm glad uh, you don't, because my my feed that's the only uh, promoted ad I get. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and of course, well, yeah, I'll, our... I'll be there, and we'll we'll be celebrating, and we'll you know celebrate good old UNC. We'll sing ah, well, I remember, but at the same time, it's like I don't know, you know, even with Marcus Fulcher their uh, preseason run all conference running back having a, an okay year. Um, you know, again, he, he could, he could light it on fire and make a run for that running back title. But at the moment uh, they're doing just fine with Caden Bennett. He's running and throwing and it's, you know, even though he split slap snaps earlier in the year, uh, he's second in the conference for pass yards at 233 and change seven touchdowns, three interceptions, uh, surprisingly second best in the conference. Uh, and then, you know, it's just, I, I don't see a whole lot of, a whole lot of, uh, ways that we can kind of tame the, the Hornets, you know, even if we come out with our blue and yellow smoke, I don't think that's going to get them to quit buzzing any less hard. Uh, what, what, what do you see um, from the Hornets, Chris? Um, yeah, so we've kind of kind of talked about how good they are uh, i i did the work of compiling these stats so damn it i'm going to read them um they're second this year uh caden bennett is the vast majority of those uh, in pass yards 243 a game um third in total yards per game at 423 um fourth it just total points per game at 32 and fourth in rush yards per game at 179 um, like I mentioned a little earlier, they took a small step back from some of the numbers they were putting up last year, but they're they're still one of the top like top handful of teams in the conference, no matter how you how you want to look at it. Um, and their defense is not setting the world on fire, but they're doing exactly what they need to do when you have an offense that that's humming. 
Um, they're pretty much mid mid to upper half of the conference in just about every every defensive stat that that really matters. Um, yeah, you Caden Bennett, he's gonna be he's gonna be the guy. I think this is the most balanced attack UNC's faced this year. I, I don't know if it's necessarily the best offense. Uh, that'll still kind of be to be seen. But definitely with what they can do in the air, on the ground, um, very unpredictable. I think this, this will be an interesting an interesting test. Um, and you mentioned Marcus Fulcher. He's having a very, very okay year. Um, probably a little disappointing from what, what he was expecting. Um, but Caden Bennett's more than made up for it. Um, Marshall Martin, their all-conference tight end to start the year. He's had quite frankly, just a really disappointing season. I think he's been battling some injuries, but he's just eight catches for under 40 yards on the year. Um, but even they've been, they've been getting production from the spots where they, they weren't necessarily expecting it. And it's, it's worked out just fine for him. Yeah. It, it is kind of a, a bummer that what, what could have been a all conference across the board type offense with Martin and Fulcher, um, kind of hasn't really done as much as it should, but Caden Bennett has taken up the slack. Uh, something that worries me is we're averaging 16 points a game and they're averaging 32 points a game. So, um, yeah, just averaging double than us <laughs> is not a great start. The um, quick math does not look great on that. Yeah, yeah. Basic uh, ones and twos are looking not great for us. Um I know Lamb said it was going to be business as usual, and they've had two weeks to prepare for it. Um, it's just looking at this, like even looking at, at Sac State's schedule going forward, they got Montana after us. Two weeks later, they, they go to Missoula, and then two weeks after that, they finish their season at Davis. Those are the toughest games they have less left on their schedule. I mean, they get to play us. They get to play Idaho State. They get to play Cal Poly. There's at least three more wins. Uh, on the schedule here for the Hornets. So, I mean, three more wins gets them into um, playoff potential. A fourth one clinches it. So we're going to be playing uh, FCS playoff team type here unless they uh, unless they find a way to sting themselves, uh, which we would all love on homecoming, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. So we'll see what happens with, uh, with the Hornets, but I think we're going to have to limit Caden Bennett and then once we limit him, you know, like we did last week or two weeks ago against uh, Weber, once we limit the quarterback, we're going to have to limit the run game. And I think there's a lot of dogs in our team that are trying, but at the same time, we still haven't gotten that production. Yeah. And I mean, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that Weber State loss has been sitting on their minds, you know? especially with like two full weeks, um, two full weeks to kind of brew on it. And hopefully, you know, 24 hour rule, good or bad, you, you dwell on it for, for a day, then you, then you move on. But it, as it, it's hard, like that's, that's much easier said than done. So I wonder oh, if there's, it's easy be to say, because, you know, you say, oh, it's going to be okay. And then uh, you sit around for a Saturday where you don't have anything going on watching everybody else. And you're like, man, I'm mad. I want to get out there. I want to make things better. <laughs> so if they're not a little bit turned up, I I would be disappointed. Um, even if they don't win, I'd like to see just 
flying around, big efforts. It's it's an uphill battle for sure, but you know, if they can at least come out and put a good performance out, that'd be nice. Yeah, it would I mean you wish you got a a different team kind of to to hop back in into the ring with, but but you play who's in front of you. Um I'm sure I'm sure Lamb has been preaching this is the team you want to play. Like you want to show that last week what the first three quarters weren't a fluke that you can hang with some of the better teams in the conference, whatever you whatever you think of Weber State. Um but it'll be it'll be a test to say the least. I mean, Iron Sharpens Iron is a nice idea if you actually are having some production from it. Um, otherwise, That's... it's just sharp and it hurts. <laughs> well, um, I don't think I could think of a better way to close out uh, close out that preview. Um, so what do you say? Let's move on to the other, other what is it, five more games this week? Um, I think right back in the driver's seat, the most – that Montana at Idaho game is kind of the headliner, but I think the UC Davis Weber State may actually turn out to be a better game. Um, what What do you think? I'm down to start with either. Uh, so so pick one of those two, and let's let's go. Yeah, I mean, I I think it go go either way. I'm gonna let uh, our uh, five point leader take the the fearless <laughs> plunge into the pool first, though. Okay, very fair. Yeah, let's um I guess I should recap last week. Um I went three and one, Ben went two and two. Um the big deciding factor was that uh like our, our marquee matchup there with Western Carolina and Chattanooga. Um so that puts us on the year. I have fifteen points and Ben's at ten. Um it's a little misleading though, because I'm just twelve and four to year ten and six, so we're not we're not really too far apart. Um, but I guess uh, let's start UC Davis at Weber State. Um, these are both, I would say, both a little disappointing from where we thought of them coming into the year. Um, but quite frankly, I still have way more faith in UC Davis. I think I'm I'm beginning to give up on Weber. Not, I mean, they're, they'll probably compete and they'll do what they do, but I don't see them beating. As of right now, I don't see him beating any of the the like good teams in the conference. Um, and I I would say this UC Davis game is a little little less than a toss up, and I'd I'd favor UC Davis. Okay, yeah. Um, I need to make up points, so I'm gonna go Weber State. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, I just like I like Miles Hastings a thousand times better than I like Kylan Weiser, but having no running backs is kind of the reason they lost um, this last game. Not saying that Montana couldn't have won that by themselves, but I think it was a huge contribution um, that they, they didn't have the big skies leading rusher at their disposal. Um, So health wise, I don't trust UC Davis production wise. I don't trust Weber state at the end of the day. Availability is, is, job security so i'm gonna go weber state all right respect that okay on to uh, montana at idaho um i think coming into this season this is another one that that was probably supposed to be a little a little more interesting than it turned out um and quite frankly i 
Idaho has done absolutely nothing to to make me question my faith in them. Um, and the fact that it's in Idaho, um, I could see if this were in Montana, you have like 26,000 like drunk, angry Montana fans like screaming at you. You're on ESPN too. Um, I could see I could see that playing definitely playing into it but i think at the kibby dome it's going to be inside they're going to be slinging the ball around i i have to go with idaho yeah uh correct me if i'm wrong which i've been wrong more times this season than i'd like to be uh <laughs> but this should be the little brown stein game and uh you know if it was in missoula i, I think it might be a little bit of a of a 60 40 um obviously not 60 in montana's favor uh but yeah, I I'm gonna go with the spuds. Um, it's just I I haven't seen I haven't seen enough to believe Montana's wins are quality, and Idaho's offense is just disgusting. So <laughs> I think it's just it's it's too easy to choose the Vandals, and if they lose on that game, uh, oof, that's probably gonna be one of the the hottest games you could lose. Yeah, that. Uh... Yeah, it, we'll both go down if Idaho loses on that one, at least. So, yeah. the, um, then Eastern Washington at Idaho State. Um, Idaho State's been frisky. Uh, I'll give them that. I don't. I think Eastern Washington has been more frisky, though. I would say this is kind of both. Both teams have played a little bit better than we expected, but we just expected Eastern Washington to start off a little better. And um, so yeah, I got I got Eastern Washington here. So what you're saying is this bowl game should be the Friskies uh, wet cat food bowl of <laughs> like good passers and company. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to jump on that train. I'm going to jump on Kiko Vesperis. Um, I I like what Idaho State's doing. I just don't think they have all the pieces together. And like we talked about earlier, Eastern Washington is just unfair at reloading. And I think they get better down the stretch of the season. So, yeah, go Eagles, go. All right, yeah. So we agree on two, and we have, have one split there. Nice. And Portland State at Northern Arizona. Um, would th- thought this one, theme of the day, thought this one probably would have been a little more competitive uh, when the year started. Um, but that's really because Northern Arizona surprised a lot of us. They've looked like world beaters since conference play started um even with that one point loss to sac state i think that definitely impressed people more than it than it disappointed them um portland state's done absolutely nothing to uh to really convince me they're better than the bot like they're better than eighth or ninth in the conference um so yeah this northern arizona pretty easy for me here yeah, I'll keep my uh, PNW hate going. Horns down, <laughs> Pete's coffee, uh, roll jacks. What? Um, yeah, I mean, it just uh, the, these are two teams that neither one of them deserved any sort of faith at the beginning of the season, and Portland State has lived up to that. Um, other than their record win over North American, who's barely a university, <laughs> and. Uh, this is not North American. This is Northern Arizona. Different acronym. Different, you know, different spelling. Same acronym. Um, but yeah, NAU. This is their chance to show that they're not gonna crumble um, once people start believing in them. So we'll see what happens. 
<laughs> and so Cal Poly at Montana State, I just went ahead and put Montana State down for both of us. Uh, was that incorrect of me, Ben? I mean, our one versus our one or two versus twelve. Yeah, I don't. This would be the biggest upset in a long time in the in the Big Sky. So we're gonna just roll with the cats. Just for just for fun, um, Montana State minus forty two and a half. Which Wolf. side? Oh, that's a lot of points. I think they'll get bored of scoring that much. Um, geez. I'll say north of it, just just right. for the heck of it. Just say it's a, a Utah State type or a Utah Tech type to game type game. Right. It it seems a little. It seems disrespectful to just say forty two and a half. But if like just think, I could I could easily see this game being forty two nothing at halftime. Like. Like, I mean, if Montana State can do, like, roughly 63 <clears throat> on Utah Tech, uh, yeah, Cal Poly's in, in the same neighborhood, a little bit worse. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, Ben, last week we had our, our marquee matchup from outside of the big sky, and I just had so much fun with that. I figured let's, let's do that again. Um, you know, it gives me something outside of the conference to be wrong about. <laughs> uh the one that we kind of kind of looked at before we started here that we both kind of thought would be be most interesting was youngstown state or number 23 youngstown state at number 10 south dakota um both teams have had like really one very impressive win and just a solid resume outside of that um yeah go any direction ben are you what what are you feeling in this one uh, yeah, oh yeah i mean I, wait go for sorry. it no disregard me i i got lost in the dock and uh <laughs> was about to say something stupid hey hey north dakota versus youngstown that would be even more exciting um <laughs> i think i think south dakota versus youngstown state i'm leaning yotes um not because of the higher um not not because of the higher ranking um it's just traditionally i've seen good things out of south dakota um you know even when they have down years it's they they still find ways to be interesting um and and you know in these these past couple uh, they they've been like up they've been down and for them to take out north dakota state and kind of show that they're mortal i think that says a little bit more than it does taking out the salukis um obviously it's it's about the same same ranking of um opponent that they kind of skewered but at the same time i'm just kind of leaning towards the yotes offense just a little bit more i think it's just a little bit more explosive um i, I like them just a smidge over the penguins honestly i was kind of leaning towards youngstown state um when we started here i'm a sucker for for some good recency bias um, but you, you laid out a very good case. Uh, I think you're right. I think that North Dakota state win is more impressive. Um, but you know, it's, it's no fun to agree on everything. And how, how are you going to make up points if, if we don't disagree <laughs> on the big ones? So yeah, I got, I got Youngstown state here. Um, I think, it, I think it'll be a good game. Hopefully, hopefully it's not a letdown. It'll be hard to live up to that Chattanooga game last week, but but I'm ex I'm excited for this one. 
Oh, and like you said, recency bias. They have the the big win under their belt. Uh, that gives them the momentum even going into South Dakota. So we'll see I what happens. I phrased it as momentum instead of recency bias. <laughs> Pro tip. Yeah. So <clears throat> we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, like mascot-wise, I like the Penguins better. That's a pretty sick uh, mascot, but we'll row Yotes this, this week. Is there any reason that I think Youngstown – every time I just glance at Youngstown State, I think they're an Ivy League school. And I, I know it's in Ohio, yeah. and I ha- I don't know what about that makes me feel that way. But every time I see them, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I ha- it takes me like a half second for my brain to come around to the <laughs> fact that they're just Missouri Valley, very normal, normal Midwestern school. I think just that, that clean uh, letter-type logo and kind of oh. just being like closer towards the east, it's just like, oh, yeah, like they're probably important. They're probably a blue blood, which they are. Um you know, they're just not a Ivy, Ivy League blue blood. Nice. Well, um, the other game we had kind of talked about for game of the week uh, was aforementioned uh, North Dakota State. Um, they're at North Dakota. Um, quite frankly, I, this it, I think it'll be a good game. I just kind of feel like that Youngstown State-South Dakota game will be more competitive. This one has more of a chance of getting out of hand. Um, any any big thoughts on this one? Yeah, this one's going to be the opposite of um, the Cousin Bowl that we saw uh, the last couple weeks. And North Dakota, they're a good team. Um, the Fighting Hawks, and they, they sure as hell do. But at the same time, I just... I don't think NDSU is going to let two go. And in... In the time, of course, we'll have to go back and do some some uh, scrubbing and, and fact-checking and whatnot. But I don't know that North Dakota has beaten North Dakota State since they went big sky and came back. Um, for that to be a, a first-type game, or at least a, a not-very-recent type, um, you know, not, not a history of success there. I, I don't see it happening as much as I'd love to see North Dakota State fall further and become even a little bit more mortal. I think North Dakota State's just going to be really pissed off and they're going to go to uh, Grand Forks and just rip stuff up. Oh, well, you did not, uh, you didn't filibuster quite long enough. Um, I was trying to see, um, I would, they just moved back to the Missouri Valley in 2019. And with COVID and everything, I'd honestly be surprised if they have beat North Dakota State since they moved back. Um. But we are looking at 22 right last year right now. And no, they are they are 0-3 since moving back to the Missouri Valley. Um, yeah, I kind of... I think it's like too tough of sliding. They're going to have to work work back up to the, you know, um, to the old days of D2 where it was a little bit more back and forth. Nice. And the, uh, the other two that felt felt kind of interesting around the country was number 24 albany um they're heading to new hampshire who's receiving votes and then um elon's at villanova both of them are receiving votes in the the latest top 25 poll do either of those either of those stand out you know i i looked through uh all of those resumes this past weekend as um as we have started participating in redshirt sports FCS top 25, since there's been so much um, animosity, you could say about uh, the, the Craig Haley poll, the stats perform poll, 
coaches poll. Whatever you want to label any of the national polls, it's been spicy. And, uh, you know, in in the past at College Sports Journal, um, we would participate in the FCS Fans Nation one. Um, This one's just a little bit little bit easier for us this is all sports writers it's not um 100 fan based so i i think looking at these albany definitely gets um a little bit of the edge for me i think they've just been a little bit more consistent a little bit closer in their games um new hampshire like even though they're two and four like it was one of those i really wanted to put them in but ultimately (laughs) i put um albany and rhode island in at my 24 and 25 uh, for Elon and Villanova, some good, um, almost type blue blood type teams. Elon lost last week, and that was that was rough. Um, Villanova, they're just they're not looking like themselves. I think that could be a coin flip. That could be easily a, a you know game winning field goal or walk off touchdown type type game. Yeah. So um, you should have yelled at me earlier, Ben. I was a I was just a horrible host. We talked right before we started that I was I was going to cue you up to talk about that top 25 poll, and I, I completely spaced it. But now that we're here, let me uh, – I have yours pulled up. Let me drill you on it a little bit. How's that sound? I was going to say, just like a broken clock, I'm right twice a day. <laughs> Unless um, it's a military so the first... clock, then I'm screwed. <laughs> the uh, – I mean, I think the first one that, that's going to stand out is Harvard at number 10. Um I, I'm not sure where they're at in the uh, stats perform, but uh, you've been you've been kind of I don't know if eager is the right word. You've been pretty high on Harvard and like they've kind of shown they've proven you to be right so far. Um, what what kind of led to that number ten ranking? Uh, so with that one, I mean, I think a big thing that con- contributed into it was that ten point win over Holy Cross. Um, everybody was hyping up Holy Cross. I just, I didn't believe it. And then they play Harvard. And the worst part is it's always so difficult to gauge how well the Ivy Leagues are because they don't participate in the, in the playoffs. Um, they also have a limited, um, a limited out-of-conference schedule. So it's really tough to um, narrow down exactly how good they are. I mean, there's been times where Ivy Leagues have made the top 10 in the poll, um, but they don't stay there just because there's other games that go on, the playoffs happen, and they eventually get moved on down. Um, It looks like this week, Harvard's at 19. Um, So they got, they were 4-0, and they got 367 votes. Um, For reference, South Dakota State has all first place votes, 5-0, and they have 1,400 points. So... You know, I, I think Harvard's just, it's one of those teams that's like, it's fun to put in the poll, but they're also good. It's like Princeton a couple years ago, you know, and, and both of those put out NFL prospects. So it's not like it's just a, it's not a throwaway vote by any means, because even though the Ivy Lakes don't participate like how we all wish they would, um, they also still produce very quality players and quality games. Nice. And um, so kind of just comparing yours with uh, with the stats perform, um, you also have Western Carolina at number four. Um, they've been a pretty, pretty pop. They're one of those 
teams that people on Twitter are kind of talking about is not getting got enough respect. Um, what what are you, what have you seen from them? You think they're their top five team in the country? I think offensively they're a juggernaut, and they showed that with that three play, uh, sixty yard drive to get down to the fifteen and hit a chip shot to win it. You know, even though they should have pulled ahead further. Um, their offense kept them in it, and they did exactly what they wanted to when they wanted to. So I think it's a bit of a Cinderella one. Um, you know, I mean, Western Carolina and Incarnate Word are my four and five. I think they're incarnate. I think they're they're both Cinderella teams in the fact that uh, their rise looks really good now, but their fall, um, once they start losing games, will be pretty dramatic. Um, just because, like, your rise is is always going to be easy um, and your falls are always going to be hard. So I think they deserve respect. Um, I think they're just a little bit better than Furman. South Dakota, I like. Just haven't seen enough um, to put them in that top five type sphere. And honestly, I think North, North Dakota State's a bit disappointing this year. So that's why I had them at, at nine to round out the top 10 for my poll. Um, yeah, so I guess the last the last thing that was was interesting, um, Incarnate Word at five. I feel like that's going to anger some people. Um, just the the Southland is just it's not very good. Um, and Incarnate Word, I guess they haven't haven't really proven a ton. So I know we saw them in person. What are what are your thoughts on that one? Well. That can anger people all they want, and I don't care because Stats Perform has them seven. So if you want to be mad, be mad that they're still winning. Um, but ultimately, like their schedule, um, they they've just been doing everything that they needed to. Like when we saw them in Greeley, uh, they were a full team. They did everything they needed to, and never really skipped a beat from when Cam Ward left. Um, and, I mean, they got a big-time uh, guy in Zach Calzada. Thought he might have been a little bit over um, overhyped. And then when we saw him in person... And we um, watched him. Yeah, everything really just kind of fell into place. And they they played so much better than a Southland or a WAC or any of those other um, kind of like developing Southern conferences. Um they just played so much better than that. I mean, their one loss is against uh, UTEP, which isn't a great FBS school. But at the same time, they only lost 28 to 14. Uh, yeah. They beat us by a wide margin. <laughs> um, they beat Abilene Christian, which seems like a, a tough team. Uh, North American, yeah, that's kind of a that's kind of a weenie game. Like, eh, it's on there. Yeah. And then... Uh, Southeastern Louisiana, they might be the best 0-5 team. Um, shout out, not us. Sorry, guys. Um, but they, <laughs> they've played so many tough games. It's kind of like when they said, uh, oh, was, who was it last year? The the Vikings or the Colts who played nine oh, yeah. one-score games. Um, and the they Vikings were like, who were like 10-0 and 0 in one-score games and like 13-4 yeah. and 4 overall. So it's like if they had just a little bit different result, um, SLU actually looks a lot better than they do. I mean, the rest of their their year is not tough. So for them to stay in the top ten, um, they're they're gonna have to win out. So that's that's just what it is. I mean, 
Texas A&M uh, Commerce, McNeese, Lamar, Nichols, Northwestern State, Houston Christian. Like, it's not a tough schedule at all. But if they keep performing well, if they keep beating uh, tough teams, I don't I don't see why to drop them. Um, especially when when you can perform well against um, a bad team and you perform well in a in a staggering um, result. I don't I don't see why not to reward that. I mean, you you have to play who's in front of you, and they've been, for the most part, handling the bad teams the way a good team should. Um, well, I suppose on that note, my wife just called me, and my 60-pound dog has a bunch of stickers in her feet and will walk up the driveway. So I think I need to go, um, need to go give her a lift. But I think that's, that worked out pretty perfect. Um, as always, please like, subscribe, review, um, leave a comment. If you like, if you like what we're doing, leave a comment. If you don't leave a DM in Ben's, Ben's inbox. Um, anything else you want to close with Ben? No, I, I think we, uh, cover the entire landscape pretty well. Um, just to sum up from the poll, we had the big sky teams that I had ranked was two oh, Montana yes. state, three Idaho, eight Sac state, 16 Eastern Washington, and the Grizz snuck in at 23 just because there's, you know, there's a lot of uh, parity per se at 23-25. There's, and I feel like there, that's that seems fair. We've we've spent enough time probably talking about Montana, but but like you had mentioned, kind of high teens, low twenties feels like where they should be. Um, and they'll have to they'll have, they've started to, but they have to really prove their way up to get get any further than that. I feel. Yeah, I think that sums it up well. Awesome. Well, we will be back next week. Um, all you lovely people have a good one, and we will see you later. Mm-hmm.